Fletcher. If you have effective tools to manage your stress levels and anxiety, even the biggest setbacks can become opportunities for growth and innovation. Emily Fletcher. Hey, everybody out there. This is Jessica and Darren Salquist coming at you with Next Level. Good vibes only. Woo! <laughs> Sorry. I wasn't That's expecting my zest. that. I wasn't expecting that. Well, I'm going to bring in the zest. We'll talk about that a little later, but um, let's break down that quote. Tell me a little bit about that quote and how you're going to break it down to what we're talking about today, compass virtues. I think with the compass virtues, having all these different things that we're going to be talking about today, that are that those are the tools, right? Having tools that no matter what is that you're up against, those things that are unknown, that are unexpected, how do you handle those setbacks? And the, the best way to handle your setbacks is by having tools, having foundation, having those fundamental things that you always go back to. And so I think as life happens, good, bad, you got to be able to roll with the punches and then those setbacks, tools set you up for success. They do. They come in handy when you can uh, fill up your tool belt. You don't always have to use every tool every day, but you can fill up that tool belt, pull it out as needed and apply when obstacles arise. Yeah. I mean, it's just in those moments of emergencies, no matter what the process is, all these big organizations, construction companies, no matter what is going on, there's always that safety net, right? If something happens, boom, we're going to go to protocol A. Something happens, we got protocol B. There's all these different protocols that we follow. Those are your tools. So why not have tools in life so when something major happens, you can fall back on those? That's right. So today, with that wonderful quote, we're going to be doing a nine-part series, and we're starting the first one today, and we're going to give you this lovely overview of compass virtues. And we'll go through each one. We'll talk briefly about each one. But these actually can be utilized as tools also. They're they're virtues. They are words that are very meaningful to you, but we're going to break each one of them down briefly. And then our next episode is going to start with wisdom. Wisdom. So with a reminder of what a virtue is, so it's a behavior showing high moral standard or a good or useful quality of a thing. So if you think of, you know, are you virtuous? We're going to go through eight virtues and you can relate to them. You can kind of create your own, you know, definition of them and and which ones do you want to work on or which ones, you know, resonate with you that um, you want to connect with more. So when I go through some of these virtues, um, some days I feel a lot stronger with one of the words than, than others. Maybe I'm doing really good with my love. Maybe it's my wisdom. Maybe it's my self-mastery. But we'll go through each one of them and have a little conversation about them and see how they apply to you as an individual. Yeah. And then just going through these tools, going through these virtues, this like, again, that quote, those opportunities, those setbacks, that's where the growth comes from. That's where the innovation comes from. Those things that have happened to you in your life, that is what makes you who you are. There's good things that have happened and there's bad things that have happened. Those things that we can't control, but that's still part of your journey. And part of that journey is to become the hero of your own 
journey. That's right. And you're going to get a little bonus today. You're going to get a compass virtue meditation that either you will be able to locate on this podcast or we'll have a link in the notes where you can access it there. To the YouTube page. That's right. (laughs) So uh, what we want to do is we want to first share where this compass virtue comes from, right? We didn't develop it ourselves, but it's something that we rely on every day. We use an application through our heroic coaching program that has um, given us kind of this tool that we utilize. And it's a cute little compass and you press on it and it turns red and it gives you these definitions that, you know, it's almost like an affirmation or like a mantra that you are saying every day. So again, you know, is there an affirmation or mantra or something that, you know, resonates with you more than others. And that might be something that you might want to work on. Yeah. And I think that what Jess is talking about, that heroic.us, that's something you want to check out. That's the program that Jess and I are a part of and where we've gotten our coaching from. And there's the heroic app that is out there. And um, that's that's helping guide you along the way. And they're also coming out with a little more um, social platform that you're going to be able to track your daily goals and to work on being a part of a community that the goal is, is to be the best version of yourself. And, and I mean, <laughs> that's why I'm kind of really into this is this the journey of waking up, having uh, intentional intentions, doing things to set myself up for success, to give myself the best opportunity to have that best version of myself show up when it's in need. And, and that's uh, something that I've been practicing now for a while. Hopefully through this podcast, you guys can start thinking about that and deciding if this is something that you want to do as well for yourself is have these intentional intentions in order for you to best show up for yourself. There's got to be work put into it. Just like going into a presentation, like what we're doing with our podcast. If you're going into work, if you're going into the gym, if you're whatever your goals are, you're going into an event, there's work that has to be done. So you can have that best version of yourself show up for that presentation or for that sporting event or (laughs) to come home to your spouse or to a teacher's parent conference. Whatever that might be is taking a moment, dialing it in and taking a breath or two, setting yourself up with intentional intentions and thinking about how do I want to show up to this? That's right. You ready to jump into the Virtues? Let's do it. Okay. So first, I just want to set a little foundation here. We're going to go through eight virtues and, again, talk about them briefly. And the first four that we're going to talk about, wisdom, self-mastery, courage, and love, is the four cardinal virtues of ancient wisdom tradition. Ancient Wisdom. (laughs) Ancient tradition. So, And then the second four, though, that we're going to go through are basically more modern science. And behind this modern science, there's research that shows that these four virtues of hope, gratitude, curiosity, and zest are most highly correlated with flourishing. Flourishing. So, yeah. So you want to start with uh, wisdom? How about I say the word, you read... The definition. I love it. it. And then the next one, you read the word. Well, let's go back and forth. Great teamwork. So let's start with the first one. Wisdom. I know the ultimate game and how to play it well. Booyah. It doesn't say that at the end, though. (laughs) (laughs) No. Do you want to talk about each one of them or you want to go through the list first? Let's go through the list and then we'll come back. Self-mastery. You're going to go all the way south. 
I have structural, reactive, and expansive discipline. Let's go to courage. I am willing to act in the presence of fear. Love. I am present, connected, and encouraging. We're going to go into hope. I have an inspiring goal, agency, and pathways. Gratitude. Gratitude. I appreciate all the blessings in my life. Curiosity. I pay attention to what's working and what needs work. Zest. Zest. I pay attention. Oh, my bad, my bad. I dominate my fundamentals, so I have heroic energy. And what do I always say after that one? Booyah! I say, yay! (laughs) Yay! Zest, zest. All right, so we talked about the first four, which are ancient wisdom tradition, and the second four, which is more of our modern science, highly correlated with flourishing. So we're going to go into each one of them and kind of break down the saying that we shared about it and what it means and how to apply it to your life. So that very first one, wisdom, I know the ultimate game and how to play it well. What does that mean for you, Darren? Just breaking down all the knowledge, everything that you're bringing into your life to be able to, again, those tools that have that wisdom that when something happens is that you're going to be able to fall back on that knowledge, fall back on experience and be able to show up for yourself so that targeted thinking, you're going to be going through that process of, of contemplating what is going on and deciding what is the best response? What is the, how am I going to respond to what just happened? Right. So I read it too, as in addition that the game, what is the game, right? That's life. Life is a game. I resisted this one for a really long time because I refuse to admit that life was a game, but this is in the most positive manner that you can think of it because a game is, you know, a period of time. It's, it's a result. It's eager and willing to do something new or challenging. Um, it's a, it's a situation, typical way that, um, you may manipulate and that word sounds negative, but you know, the game that you're playing, right? It's an ultimate game, the ultimate game of life and you know how to play it well. It's not because you're being manipulative. It's just that you know what life is like. It's going to have challenges, it's going to have obstacles, that we're not just naively going through life and that we're being prepared. And all of the virtues that we're going to talk about today are part of, of this, is that this is the game of life and we know how to play it well. Yeah. And then to be able to recognize when there's a gap, right? There's a gap between who you are and what you're capable of being. And that's, I think that's the process of going through, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, Mm self-mastery is closing that gap. First, you got to recognize that there's a gap Mm -hmm. to, to to help yourself move forward. If you already think you're at the top of your game, then you're not recognizing there's a gap there. There's always opportunity for improvement. There's always opportunity to grow, to learn from experiences that we've, we haven't experienced yet. And that's, that's what you're coming from now. Basically, wherever you are at this level of life, you are responding to a situation based off your past experience until something new arises, or you can even take that look to step back. Like if something happened and you responded in a certain way and like, ah, you know, this happened again, I would, this is how I would handle it. And so if that experience does arise, 
if you can have that ability to pause between the stimulus and the response and put that pause in the middle, then you're not going to react. Because mm-hmm. what's going to happen first is that when that situation arises, that stimulus, you're going to pass judgment on that. And that judgment is going to come from your past experience. But that's where the pause is to recognize, well, wait a minute, last time this happened, I didn't respond the best. And so let me, let me, this is my do-over. This is the chance I get to redo. This is my retake because last time I made a mistake. So let's retake this and do it again and see how this way shows up. It reminds me of the last sentence to the serenity prayer is, I think it is the wisdom to know the Mm -hmm. difference. Mm -hmm. So um, with that too, is when you're looking at wisdom, you're looking at um, knowledge principles that are developed. You're looking at, you know, your application, like Darren said, of experience and knowledge and, and good judgment. So that is wisdom. Anything else you want to share about wisdom before we go on to self-mastery? Nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> self-mastery. I have structural, reactive, and expansive discipline. Darren and I had a fun time looking up what all that meant the other day. And what'd you come up with? Well, <laughs> there is actually some really great um, sites on the internet that talk about reactive, structural, and expansive discipline. So reactive discipline is more the ability to pause between a stimulus and an automatic response. So to choose a better response. So that's that reactive response, right? That reactive discipline, which is, you know, a great thing to be able to have. The structural discipline is for behaviors, habits um, in a day-to-day out to enable you to expand your potential through consistency. So that gives you structure, allows you to have those protocols and have that foundation so that you can be consistent throughout your day and day-to-day. And then that expansive discipline is the ability to take steps and strides beyond our comfort zone in the process and grow. So expansive, you know, if you think of visualize the word expansive, it's growth. So you're being able to be reactive to be pausing with that stimulus and that response. Structural is that foundation that you have to be consistent on a daily to day, moment by moment, second by second basis. And that expansiveness is that part of growth that you're allowing to grow. So that's self-mastery, you know, in a in a nutshell of having that structural, reactive, and expansive discipline. Yeah. And I think there's a tool that you can use this is by BJ Fogg. Um, I, the, he wrote the book, is it Tiny Habits, I, I believe? So. Um, but he talks about the B equals mat. So B is the behavior. And then what you want to focus on is your motivation behind that, the ability, and your prompt. So that prompt that is cueing you, and that could be, again, a stimulus, and then having the confidence in yourself and having the ability to be able to show up as your best self, which will then help create that motivation to work on that best version of yourself, which then will create that behavior. That's right. Self-mastery. Self-mastery. That's all about the behavior, how you're showing up. How about courage? I am willing to act in the presence of fear. Courage is a big one, right? Courage is those things where we talked about where if fear didn't exist, do we need courage? And that's where courage comes in because fear does exist in a lot of us. And so the having that ability to step up when, when we're called to, to those individuals that, you know, the X game athlete or grand prix motorcycle. I mean, all these crazy sports that are out there that individuals are doing, there's fear, right? There's, there's these, 
fear comes over them, but those individuals, those people who are courageous, they, 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 they do it anyways, even in the face of fear. It's just they overcome it and they're going to go for it. Being in the military, going into war. Um, I just remember watching not too long ago the Red Bull guy, I don't remember his name, but when he jumped from outer space and free falls into the atmosphere. <laughs> I mean, geez, could you imagine what he was experiencing as he's <laughs> climbing up in outer space and he's looking out over the world and he's like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to drop into that right now. And there's a possible chance that I might die. <laughs> I, <just laughs> you know, I might not come out of this thing. Yeah. And at least in the, the video, uh, it looks like he did pass out for a moment, but then he, he gained <laughs> consciousness again. And then, uh, Obviously, he, voilà. he made it. He made it. <laughs> I, I really like that example because that um, kind of the toggling back between fear and excitement, fear and excitement, right? So no fear, no courage, right? If we didn't have fear, we don't, we don't have courage. But I do think that it's quite normal to toggle back between being fearful and then you know, finding it is, is it appropriate? Does it, does it feel right to switch us into being excited? Right. So when we have that fear and we do that Superman, superwoman pose, and we're like, I'm excited, you know, and you, you expand, right. Expansion of your body and you, you become courageous, right. Courageous, like a lion, courageous, like a bear, courageous, like, you know, something that has lots of courage, which is you. So what I like about that is you can be in one place and then switch into the other, but it is really great to, when you do recognize there is fear, I think that's great because that means it's really important to you or that you're thinking about it in a different way. And then sometimes when it's appropriate, switch that over to excitement. Yeah. And there's a, a quote by an individual named Darren Donnelly who talks about your fears hold you back from living the life you were born to live. If you're ever going to achieve success, happiness, and peace of mind, you must first defeat your fears. Oh, I like it. Peace of mind. Yeah. And there's talks about, you know, if fear didn't exist, what what would you be doing right now? Are you really mm -hmm. doing the your, your career? Right. Right. A lot of time fear stops us from going for things that really excite us because there's the fear of failing. That's right. And that's where success comes in. And that's nobody that has had success has not failed at something. And so that, that, let that, let that failure guide you. Let that failure be part of the roadmap to success. Mm -hmm. Cause that's what it is. You're learning how to do something. And there's going to be that, those times that you trip and you stumble and maybe we don't get it right the first time, but that doesn't mean we stop. You gotta yeah. keep going after it because right. you have courage. Well, in a good example, and this is a very, you know, doesn't seem like it's a, a deep example, but it, you know, Corfit had a spring blizzard this weekend. And spring blizzard. Spring blizzard, just a fun internal competition to have lots of fun. But honestly, the second that it came up and the second that I was like, okay, I'm going to do it, I had lots of fear. <laughs> so I was like, I was toggling between fear, excitement, fear, excitement, fear, excitement, you know, and the fear lessons lessened the more that I prepared, which is a great lesson right there. And once I got done with it, I felt more courageous, right? So the courage built, the fear subsided, the courage, you know, came out that day. And then when I was done, I had peace of mind. So kind of bringing in what you were saying with that quote, and it kind of removes the fear when the courage takes over. Yeah. Let me read this one to you. This Maya Angelou. Oh, I like it. <clears throat> courage is the most important of all the virtues, because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. You can't be consistently fair or kind or generous or forgiving any of those without courage. I like that. What's your take on that? 
I like it. I'm looking at all the virtues and I'm like, okay, courage and curiosity, courage to self mastery. You have to have a lot of courage because you got to look inside, put that mm. lab coat on, look in the mirror and be like, what do I got to work on? You have courage <laughs> to love somebody. You have courage to love yourself. Yeah. Gratitude. I, I have courage to be gracious mm. verbally outside myself. <laughs> yeah. Courage to ha- find gratitude in those situations that how do you find gratitude yeah. in some of those areas? And when something really bad or negative happened. Yeah. And that's one of the things they talk about is acceptance. And in order to get acceptance for something, you got to have gratitude for it. I agree. All right. So much courage. Man, we spent a lot of time on that one. Courage Obviously, is important. Maya was right. Love. Love. L-O-V-E. I am joyful, grateful, and encouraging. For sure. love love just i mean loving yourself right stepping forward there's so many individuals that i think just battle with themselves and and holding i mean beating themselves up right i think that that we've talked about this the the, to say i love you the first word is i I. right so to be able to love somebody wholeheartedly to love somebody else to give love you have to first be able to receive it yourself you have to love yourself in that manner to be able to give love out into the the best quality, best version of yourself. That's right. And I want to add some to that because um, there's an updated version of the saying behind this compass virtue. Mm -hmm. And it is one of my more favorite ones because I'm always like, we'll challenge each other and I'll say the actual saying and I'll say, which one's that? And Darren will guess. And now he's um, guessing all of them correctly. So <laughs> I'm guessing all of them. Correctly. <laughs> well, you know them all, <laughs> but I am present, connected and encouraging. And I like, um, I like that. It's a little more powerful to me because being present shows love. And what what's always said is, you know, your spouse and your children spell love T I M. Yeah, yeah. Right. Time. So presence, yeah. you, that, that's time. And yeah. I, that's how my always giving you the, the, <laughs> the blink of the, the eye. Wink, the I'm wink. like, Hey, what, when I would challenge you and say, okay, what is, I am present, connected and encouraging. And I'd always say, try to give you a hint and you're like, stop giving me hints. And I'm like, what I, what do I want? Yeah. And presence connected, right? Whatever that's going to be is connecting through conversation, touch, you know, looking at your eyes, those kind of things and encouraging. So yeah. always being encouraging, even if you don't agree with the other person, I think that shows so much love to be able to hear the person, listen, and then still be encouraging, even though they might be saying something that you don't agree with, or maybe they're complaining or whatever that be, but presence connected and encouraging. Isn't that a beautiful Encouraging, I mean, in a way to help them move down the right path. Yeah. I mean, just give them yeah. being curious, yeah. right? If it's something that maybe is a little bit different. Yeah. I think acknowledging what someone says can be encouraging. Yeah. I, you know, I think that's the biggest thing right now. Obviously we have this distraction with the phones and TVs and all this, all this, all these things that we have that are available to us right now. And I think where I'm really trying to put more focus in this is the time and being present with somebody and not using our phones because if, if, that time ever comes up where something, someone is taken from you and here you were just being on your phone, all these times, all these opportunities that you had to actually spend with this person, all of a sudden now you're going to be wishing for that time back. And I think that's the recognition of recognizing what a precious gift time is and recognizing that when somebody gives you 
time that they're that they're spending time with you, how do you honor that? And right. I think you honor that by being present. That's right. That's the gift, right? Time is love. All right. And, and there's a, a quote I just want to just read. This kind of goes along with the children thing to where children have never been very good at listening to their elders, but they have never failed to imitate them. <laughs> and I think that's a, another big part for just us to really understand is that when we are around the children, that they're sponges, right? They're constantly, their brains are just developing. And so they're listening Maybe that might not always follow through with everything that you're stating, but at the same time, they're watching what you do and how you behave. And those behaviors is what they start to develop. And that's why we see in life today where you, you see in the movies and all this counseling stuff, everybody's blaming their parents, right? Their mom or their dad. That's why they're acting this way is because it's all my parents' fault. So how can we get around that to really work on being that best version of ourselves and be a good example? Uh-huh. And doing the best that you can. And one of the best ways to do this is, again, time, spending spending that time with that person, but also taking that intentional intention and developing yourself and really becoming and see what that looks like. What is that best version of you look like? Okay. Love it. Now we're going on to hope. hope. I have inspiring goals, agency, and pathways. Yeah. And hope is just that's that brighter future, right? Wherever you're at today is, is moving forward, knowing that where you are today, that your future is going to look brighter. And, and, and that's a big part of what hope is, is, is moving forward, moving, doing the things that you're doing, what you're doing today, the reason you're doing them is hopefully provide you for a better future. That's what kids, when you go to school, you're going to college, maybe you're at a job working your way, you know, working hard, Justin and I doing this, what we're doing, is having hope for that brighter future. And the hope is that with this work that we're putting into ourselves is that, yeah, we're going to become that best version of ourselves. But it's 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 the constant work, right? It, it's the daily work until the day we close our eyes for the last time. It, it's never ending. And so that's the part to remember. When is it going to get easy? It's not. Don't look for the easy. Right. And I think there's a lot behind hope also. There's, there's research regarding, you know, your place of work and, if you, you know, they looked at a study that there was 1% that staff had hope. And by providing hope, you know, it increased the satisfaction of, of the people that work there. I think it was up to like 69%. So when you're instilling hope in others, you're giving them hope, a feeling or an a expectation of desire of, of a way something may happen or could happen. Um, it's also a sense of trust. Hope can be very trusting. And this is when, you know, if somebody can be hopeful, whether it's personal, professional, it is inspiring. So if you go back to the kind of quote, the saying is we're talking about inspiring goals, agency, and pathways. So when you look at it, you have agency. An agency is a drive, right? A, a passion. It is It is the 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 drive that you want to get to that outcome, that goal, that target. And in the middle of that, there's all of these pathways. So you have to have hope to know that I'm going to start off here, square one, to be able to get to my goal, knowing that in between that, you have multiple pathways. There's not just one way. And that is zigzaggy. There's circles, there's obstacles, there's holes, there's walls, there's cliffs, there's so many things that could happen to get you to that point. But all the time through all of those obstacles, 
right? I mean, courage, you can go back to courage, right? You got to have courage to get through those. But all the time going through those obstacles, you have hope, right? And you have the desire, the agency to get to that goal, knowing that you will come up to an obstacle and then you will be courageous and you will get over it. Yeah. I mean, and once in a while, sometimes you're going to run into a wall and you just got to figure, okay, I'm going to start over. That's not going to stop me. This is like, think about, you know, the game or the, the mazes, right? You go through a maze, you're trying to figure, you find your way out, but you run into a wall or maybe this turns turns you around and, and puts you in a different direction. Mm-hmm. But the goal is that you don't ever stop, that you keep moving forward. And when we talk about hope, again, let's think about Martin Luther King, you know, that he, the whole, I had a dream speech. And in this speech, he talked about, I have a dream that for my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Mm-hmm. And that was something that, again, that's, that, that was his dream. That's his hope for the future. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying we're, I don't think we've quite, quite gotten there yet. We're getting close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are good. <laughs> but there's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah, that is. But he did have hope. He wouldn't have been the person he was if he didn't have hope. Yeah, the I have a dream speech is all about right. hope. So bringing it back to your maze thing, my last little talk about hope here. Um, you know, you mentioned when you hit a wall, you know, what, and I was thinking what that provides you is clarity, it provides you the answers. Because when you hit that wall, that obstacle, you are getting a clear answer that this is not the way, (laughs) or do I need to make a ladder to climb over it? Or do I need to find another direction? And that's part of those pathways is just understanding that as a human, we make the decision, the choice to decide what path we're going to take. And sometimes it's not always building the ladder to get over the wall. Sometimes it's a very clear answer of like, Hey, Hey, you go this way, right? Like in the hero's journey and going through the forest and creating your own pathway versus following somebody else's pathway. It's your choice. You get to make it. What are you hopeful for? What's your target? What's your goal? All right. We're moving on to gratitude. Gratitude. Gratitude is, I appreciate all the blessings in my life. What do you think about that? I think, I mean, gratitude's huge. I mean, they... They talk about gratitude, being thankful every day for all those things in your life. And I think it's very simple for many of us to complain and look at all the crappy things that are happening in our life versus looking at all the good things in our life. And why? Again, because it's easier to complain than it is to sit back and have gratitude for all those little things. I mean, it's the simplest things. I mean, I always kind of talk to people about to find gratitude, just look at when you walk into your, whether you're renting a place to live or you've been had the ability to buy your first home or you're living in a home, you know, the today, the age that we live in, most, the, the 99% of us don't have to build their home, right? You, you, you worked hard. <laughs> you're able to purchase and go either buy or rent something that somebody else built. Somebody else put the electrical in there. Somebody else put the plumbing in there. You have toilets, you have running water. You have electricity, you have, you have a refrigerator, you have all these things, all your basic needs met because somebody else did the work and did this for you. Mm-hmm. And so that's the gratitude, I think, where we're at today versus you go back, you know, 150 years ago, 200 years, you're doing this stuff yourself for the most part. You're, you're having to build. If you get, you move out of your place, you want to move across the, the country, you got to go find the land and you're going to end up building your own house, your own place. That's right. We don't so, have to do that anymore. No, we are very... Fortunate. So appreciating all the blessings. So small, medium, large, extra large blessings. All of them are very 
amazing and we should appreciate them all. But I do want to throw out there also is gratitude for the obstacles also, right? Gratitude for the failures. Those are actually blessings. So when you think of the definition of blessings and how you're gr- grateful for them all, they're, they're, they come in all shapes and sizes, all different words, language, anything that you can think of. It's not always the, the great, feel good, warm, fuzzy blessings. It's also the blessings of challenge. It's the ble- like how many of you have asked for, oh, please, you know, give me more patience or please give me more this. And you will get that. You will get that in a lesson, in an obstacle and a challenge. And then that is a blessing, right? So we continue to repeat the same lessons over and over again until we actually get them. Until you open up to them, right? Until you recognize, oh my God, I've just been being taught a lesson right now, but I'm now that I'm open to it, I'm receiving it. That's right. So blessings come in many forms. Yeah. And just kind of what I was just talking about right now about building your own home. There's a quote by Albert Einstein that goes, A hundred times every day, I remind myself that the inner and outer life are based on the labors of other men, living and dead, and that I must exert myself in order to give in the same measure as I have received and am still receiving. So that's where the gratitude for all those individuals, men and women that have come before you to, 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 to give you the things that you have right now. But what are you doing to be able to give to the future, to be able to give to those individuals that are going to be coming up and replacing you? over the time of life. And so that's where I think demonstrating gratitude and being thankful and then being a good example. And this is where, again, working on being that best version of you. And this is the whole goal of heroic by what, 2051, that 51% of humanity will be flourishing. That will be flourishing. And right. that's, that's what heroic is all about. Just working on being that best version of yourself and moving forward and enjoying it. All right, we got two more to get through. Let's go with curiosity. I pay attention to what's working and what needs work. I love this one. Yeah, what do you love about it? I just love that every time, you know, the the more I repeat this is, it's about me internally, right? I have to focus on me first and pay attention to what's working with how I'm living my life, the choices that I'm making. And what needs work, which sometimes is glaring. Sometimes it's not as glaring until somebody points it out to you. So I like this one because it is, for me, a very gro- a growth one. When I talk with people at work or when I'm, you know, having conversations or I'm teaching something or facilitating something, I think curiosity can be a really big game changer because it's, I think it creates less defensiveness for people and I think it really allows you to kind of see what's working by being curious. You learn a lot about yourself and others. And then it also shows you areas of improvement that's needed. So when you're working with yourself and others, when you're curious, right, you're asking the questions. You're not telling somebody what to do. You're not, you know, basically, you know, making somebody do something. You're being curious. And that's a beautiful thing with coaching too, as as we are curious, we allow the client or the staff member or the coworker to come up with their own answers. Most people know the answer themselves, but so if we're curious with our loved ones, family, friends, clients, peers, coworkers, we tend to be able to have more of a, a mutual um, positive conversation with a positive outcome. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, what's that curiosity for yourself and where, how are you leading yourself? Are you, are you going down the right path? And always questioning that and making sure, checking in with yourself. 
and, and, and having the ability, again, that's where the fear and courage comes in, right? Is not letting fear stop you from going down a different path because, again, that curiosity. And this is where all the virtues come in. This is why they're all mm-hmm. tied together. They this are. is what's awesome about the compass because they all relate to each other in that way. And this is how to, again, flourish, to live that best version of yourself and demonstrating all these virtues and, and putting them into work and having that intentional intention is working on yourself, not just showing up, waking up, hitting that snooze, going to having your breakfast, run off to work, come home, rinse and repeat, you know, day after day after day. Yeah. So, so do you have a strong desire to learn or know something? So be curious. Yeah. All right. Last one. Zest. Zest. I dominate my fundamentals. So I have heroic energy. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) I can't not say that anymore without a exciting, zestful response after that. So I'm thinking of, you know, we're talking about our fundamentals, eating, moving, sleeping, breathing. You know, there's a lot of fundamentals that are foundations of our life. So if we don't have those fundamentals in check, if we're not being courageous and we're not being curious about ourselves, right? What's working, what needs work, if we're not working on self-mastery, our fundamentals become not as strong as maybe we'd like. So when you think again about a foundation of a tall building and the foundation's cracked, but they keep building higher and higher and higher, what's going to happen? It's going to crumble at some point. It's going to fall apart. It's not going to be strong. It's not going to have that heroic energy. So there are times we have to rebuild our foundation, but we do benefit from looking at how am I sleeping? Number one, how am I eating? How am I moving? Those are all huge key fundamentals, basic, 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 basic ones. There's, there's more than that, but those are ones that if I don't have those in check, if I'm not being consistent or if I'm not being aware with intention, then my heroic energy is not very high. Yeah. You know, and if you take about zest, that, that living life to its fullest, and if you think about athletes or CEOs or anything like that, none of those individuals are asking themselves or, Hey, what, what is the least I can do to, to, to win this championship? Or what is the least that I can do to get this job? <laughs> right. Those individuals are constantly striving for more. They're, they're, it's that drive and it's the willpower, it's the desire, it's the discipline to be the best that they can be. And part of that is to have this zest for life, to, to move forward with energy, to be, to be active and be energetic. Right. And going down this path of, of, of curiosity if, to see what you're capable of and, and being a champion, being a top CEO, being whatever, being the best mother, being the best father, being the best, whatever, whatever you want to set your goals to. No one is sitting there saying, what is the least I can do? Not the ones that have heroic energy. No. So <laughs> that's what just, you know, that's what the zest comes in. You got to go out this with this enthusiasm. Um, and that's where I think where life comes in to, if you're not living in very enthusiastic life, Life can might be a little bit dreary. All right. I'm just going to name the eight uh, compass virtues again, and then I'm going to hand it off to Darren to say any final words and wrap us up. So just think of these words as I say them and how they resonate with you. Wisdom. Self-mastery. Courage. Love. Hope. Gratitude, curiosity, zest. 
let's just wrap it up right there. I think it's good to leave people pondering. Sounds good. Take it to the next level with... Good vibes only. Peace. <laughs>